Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and we are going to be exploring Revelation chapter 20. And so this is the millennial reign of King Jesus. And uh, so most of you are going to be asking questions like, well, what happened to Satan? That's a good question. And how many angels did it actually take or will it actually take to subdue big bad Satan? Well, let's find out. So let's go ahead and dive right in. We're going to dive into Revelation chapter 20. Satan is bound. So then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding a key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. So let's break that down. That's Revelation 20 verses 1 through 3. So it says, And I saw an angel. It didn't say an army of angels. It didn't say archangels. It didn't say, it just says an angel. So an angel came down from heaven holding the key to the abyss. And, um, and a great chain was in his hand. And so he laid hold of the dragon of Satan, that serpent of old. And uh, he bound him for a thousand years in the abyss. So I think that's, I think it's um, fascinating that this takes an angel. You know, just, just one, just one. Um, so let's see what's going on here. So this tells us that God is ultimately in control. And so I want to take some notes um, out of the uh, John MacArthur study Bible. So let's check it out. So he says, chapter 19 ends with the battle of Armageddon and Christ's second coming events that mark the close of the tribulation, which is what we were studying. So the events of chapter 20 and the binding of Satan and Christ's 1,000 year earthly kingdom is Satan's final rebellion and the great white throne judgment. So it fits chronologically between the close of the tribulation and the creation of the new heaven and the new earth, which is described in the following chapters of Revelation, chapters 21 to 22. And so what I wanted to do was to tell you guys about the tribulation and what is coming upon the earth and what's going to happen. And so we closed out uh, that, the tribulation upon the earth, which we closed out on chapter 19. But chapter 20 is going to talk about the reign, the millennial reign of King Jesus. So uh, the verse one talks about the bottomless pit. And this is the place where demons are incarcerated, pending their final sentencing to the lake of fire. And uh, for uh, second Peter chapter two, verse four talks about that. We'll pull that up really quick so you guys can see that. So for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness uh, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. And if he rescued righteous Lot, 
oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men for by what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds then the lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority i find the hope in that right there because we live in a world right now that is completely fallen totally evil immoral been turned over to a reprobate mind but god knows how to deliver us and so uh we look to the lord jesus um to deliver us hopefully soon out of this wicked world and he will come back so anyway going back to revelation so we're going to skip on down here so um, the two when he sees so this includes not only satan but the demons as well their imprisonment will dramatically alter the world during the kingdom since their destructive influence in all areas of human thought and life will be removed in the dragon likening satan to a dragon emphasizes his ferocity and cruelty he's an ancient serpent a reference to satan's first appearance remember in the garden of eden and where he deceived eve in the devil and satan is uh it talks about the thousand years so this is the first of six references to the length of the millennial kingdom so it's in 20 uh verse 3 4 5 6 and 7 so there are three main views um, of the duration and nature of this period so the one is the premillennialism sees this as a literal 1000 year period during which jesus christ in fulfillment of numerous prophecies reigns on the earth and i find i agree with this one uh is so does um not only john MacArthur that i'm reading his notes right now but charles swindoll um there's many many other ones i'm actually reading amir sarfati's book uh Revel revealing revelation um if you guys haven't checked that out um it's, it was released so definitely grab that um if you guys have a mardell bookstore or even on amazon it's 40 percent off right now totally go get that but david jeremiah charles swindoll john wolverd charles c ryrie tim lahaye hal lindsey many 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 other biblical scholars uh, believe that this is a literal thousand year um reign of christ and if you want to you can look in second samuel chapter 7 verses 12 through 16 psalm chapter 2 isaiah chapter 11 verses 6 through 12 and chapter 24 verse 23 hosea chapter 3 verse 4 and 5 joel chapter 3 9 through 21 and amos 9 8 through 15 micah chapter 4 verse 1 through 8 zephaniah chapter 3 uh, verses 14 through 20 zechariah chapter 14 1 through 11 and matthew chapter 24 verses 29 through 31 and verses 36 through 44 talk about the millennial reign of christ in literal thousand year reign so he goes using the same general principles of the interpretation for both prophetic and non-prophetic prophetic passages leads most naturally to premillennialism another strong argument supporting this view is that so many biblical prophecies have already been literally fulfilled suggesting that the future prophecies will likewise be fulfilled literally and of course he talks about postmillennialism understands uh, the reference to a thousand year millennial period as only symbolic of a golden age of righteousness and spiritual prosperity It'll be ushered in by the spread of the gospel during the present church age and brought to completion when Christ returns. 
according to this view, references uh, to Christ's reign on earth primarily describe his spiritual reign in the hearts of believers in the church. And all millennialism describes the 1,000-year reigns to be merely symbolic of a long period of time. This view interprets Old, Tom, uh, Old Testament prophecies of a millennium, a millennium, millennium, sorry, millennium as being fulfilled spiritually now in the church, either on earth or in heaven, or as references to the eternal state. He goes on to say, using the same literal, historical, grammatical uh, principles of interpretation as uh, so as to determine the normal sense of language, one is left with the inescapable conclusion that Christ will return and reign in a real kingdom on earth for 1,000 years. There is nothing in the text to render the conclusion that a thousand years is symbolic. Never in scripture when year is used with a number is its meaning not literal. You can check that Second Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 8. So the pit, all seven times that this appears in Revelation, refers to the place where fallen angels and evil spirits are kept captive, waiting to be sent to the lake of fire, the final hell prepared for them. That's Matthew 25, verse 41. Released for a little while, so Satan will be released so that God can make a permanent end of sin before establishing the new heaven and the new earth. All who survive the tribulation and enter the kingdom will be believers. However, despite that, in the personal presence and rule of the Lord Jesus Christ, many of their descendants will refuse to believe in him. Satan will then gather those unbelievers for one final futile rebellion against God. It will be quickly and decisively crushed, followed by the great white throne judgment and the establishment of the eternal state. So, yes. So, uh, chapter 20, verse 4, uh, where it talks about, let me go back up here. It says, Then I saw thrones and they, and they sat on, then I saw thrones and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So let's break that down. So that's kind of that, you know, that kind of may bring up some questions in your mind. I always would write those questions down that way. You know, you can look at some other sources, uh, not just, you know, John MacArthur, but you might want to look under um, Dr. David Jeremiah. Of course, I've got Warren Wearsby. Uh, there's many other ones that you can look at commentaries. Hmm. So if questions like that come up, always write them down because that way you can, you know, don't, you know, just look at one person's point of view. You can look at others, right? And so the souls of those who had be, been beheaded. So these are tribulation martyrs from chapter 6, verse 9, 18, verse 24, and verse 19, verse 2. Uh, so the Greek word translated beheaded became a general term for execution, not necessarily a particular method. It's Mark, which is, of course, you know, chapter 13. Uh, verse 16, you know, the mark of the beast. So tribulation martyrs will be executed for refusing the mark of the beast. Reigned, so tribulation believers, along with the redeemed from both the Old Testament and the New Testament heirs, will reign with Christ 
during the thousand year kingdom. And you can read all about that in first Corinthians chapter six, verse two and second Timothy um, verse two or chapter two, verse 12, revelation 25, the rest of the dead. So this is the bodies of unbelievers of all ages will not be resurrected until the great white throne judgment, which is coming up later. So first resurrection, scripture teaches two kinds of resurrections. So the resurrection of life and the resurrection of judgment. So John uh, chapter five, verse 29 and Daniel 12, two and Acts 24, 15 speak of these, right? So the first kind of resurrection is described as the resurrection of the just, which is in Luke 14, 14. Let's read that. Let's just read that. So Luke 14, 14 says, and you uh, will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So there's that. Skip on back down here to where I was. Sorry. Thank goodness it's an iPad. I'm having to flip through pages, right? <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we'll move along. And so uh, so the resurrection of those who belong to Christ at his coming, which is 1 Corinthians 15, 23. Remember the blink, the twinkling of an eye. Uh, and then, of course, the better life, which is Hebrew. Uh, Hebrews 11.35, it includes only the redeemed of the church age, which is 1 Thessalonians 4.13-18, and the Old Testament speaks about that in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Okay, in the tribulation, um, of course, in the tribulation, which is Revelation 24, they will enter the kingdom in resurrection uh, bodies, along with believers who survive the tribulation, the second kind of resurrection then will be the resurrection of the unconverted who will receive their final body suited for torment in hell. So Revelation 12, uh, Revelation 20, verse 6. Let's move on down here and read. Um, Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, right? And so it says, those who die in the Lord are blessed with the privilege of entering his kingdom. The second death, which is the first death, is only physical. The second is spiritual and eternal in the lake of fire, the final eternal hell. It could exist outside the created universe as we know it, outside of space and time, and be presently unoccupied. And you can check that out in Revelation 19.20. So a thousand years, which is 20 verse 2. So 20 verse 7 says when the thousand years are completed satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth so we talk about gog and magog to gather them together for the war the number of them uh is like the sand of the seashore and they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city and fire came down from heaven and devoured them and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever all right so let's finish up uh chapter 20 and we're going to begin in uh verse 11 so this is the great white throne judgment so then i saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works, 
Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So let's break that down. So let's not confuse this judgment, the great white throne judgment, with the judgment seat of Christ. This is completely different. The judgment seat of Christ is where believers are uh, will have their works judged and rewarded. So this one, in this great white throne, this is only unbelievers, and they're going to be judged, but there's going to be no reward. So let's find out. So let's skip on down here. So this is, let's break it down. Chapter 20, verse 15. And this is uh, Warren Wearsby. So Warren Wearsby uh, study Bible. So he says, um, hail, which is the lake of fire, um, is a witness to right to the righteous character of God. He must judge sin. Hell is also a witness to human responsibility. The fact that people are not robots or helpless victims, but creatures able to make choices. God does not send people to hell. They send themselves by rejecting the Savior, which is Christ Jesus. And uh, hell is also a witness to the awfulness of sin. If we once saw sin, if we if we once saw sin as God sees it, we would understand why a place such as hell exists. So, uh, yeah, so that's what he's talking about when, you know, he brings up the great white throne judgment. And that's what he sees. And that's true because, you know, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself to hell with the choices that you make, the sins that you commit. And without accepting Jesus Christ as your savior, you have no advocate. So us believers, you know, we have Jesus Christ. He is our advocate. He is the great priest, his um, blood has covered our sin. And so, yeah, but you can read more about that in Matthew 25, 41 and uh, John chapter 3, 16 verses 21. And so let's move on to see, um, I want to read a little bit out of um, uh, the book, uh, Revealing Revelation. And I just want to just read a paragraph here. And this is from Amir uh, Sarfati and uh, with Dr. Uh, Rick Yon. And um, if you guys haven't checked out this book or any of Amir's books, definitely go check it out. If you don't follow him on uh, Telegram, definitely follow him on Telegram. And so um, if you haven't got his app, that's Behold Israel, definitely get the app too. Um, I always like to point people in, uh, you know, good directions with good with good uh, Bible-believing Christians. And so he's a Messianic Jew, which is awesome. And he lives in Israel, so that's even cool, too. So he's a totally different take, of, or, you know, really cool take on everything. And so, um, so he brings it down. And he goes, who enters the millennial kingdom of Christ? He says, first, there will be those who are still alive on earth in their physical bodies. Um, these are believers who have not worshipped or accepted the mark of the beast and who survived the persecutions and the devastation of the tribulation. I just can't imagine anybody, you know, living through that, but there will be. But anyway, he continues and he says, uh, this will also include all the surviving Jewish people who gave themselves to Jesus upon his return. Second, there will be the tribulation martyrs. They will have been given their resurrection bodies. More about that in a moment, he says, but he goes, and they will reign with Christ. At this time, the Old Testament saints will also be resurrected. Finally, there will be the church, the bride of Christ, which is us, just throwing that in there. But he goes, who will reign with the bridegroom according to the promise that Jesus gave to the disciples. He goes, surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 
12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's Matthew 19 verses 28. So he says, what does reigning with Christ during the millennium look like? He says, well, we really don't know. But he goes, first, uh, we have no idea how many mortal survivors, survivors there will be who need judging or reigning over. Undoubtedly, though, as time passes, that number will grow. The world population in the year AD 1000 was around 310 million. Now there are over 8 billion. Can you imagine the population explosion that will take place on Earth over a period of a thousand years in a world without the diseases, natural disasters, and violence of our current times because chances are ruling workload will greatly increase as the years slide by he said he goes it's exciting to think about the fact that we will have responsibilities in the kingdom of god as someone who loves to work the idea of a thousand year vacation is enough to give me the shakes he says but 10 centuries to labor at something honing my skills as i serve the lord he goes sign me up for that I totally agree. I think that's going to be what a blessing because, you know, work is a blessing. It is a blessing and we are to enjoy our work. And uh, I I love to work and here with all this going on, I haven't been able to um, do what I like to do. And so, but I've been working, I've been, you know, working on the book. Oh, by the way, so my, my sixth book, I'm going to try to get that released uh, and published um, on May the 24th. And that is, uh, that'll be the two year anniversary um, of uh, the day my father went to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I thought, well, what a what a fitting day um, to release that book. And so once I get it published um, and I get it you know, taken care of, I'm going to go ahead and, and do the countdown on it too. Um, I will definitely give you guys the title to it because uh, uh, I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, maybe hopefully I'm praying that the Lord will bless that and uh, allow that to be all that be done for his glory of course for lord jesus's glory okay so let's see what amir wants i, I want to see his take on the great white throne judgment so this is amir from his book revealing revelation once again literally just released right you can go on amazon it's 40 percent off right now i got it at mardell christian bookstore it's 40 percent off grab it you're not going to be disappointed i promise so anyway uh, the Great White Throne Judgment, because most people do not believe in a literal hell. They may not have a clue as to what happens after they die. But the one thing they feel certain of is that they won't go to hell. Even if by some crazy chance there is an actual place of eternal torment, they are sure that they have never done anything bad enough to go there. You have to be a Hitler or a Stalin or a Bundy or a Dahmer to go there. Sadly... For so many, there will come a day when they will be confronted with the truth that when our beliefs and reality diverge, it is reality that wins out. And of course, then he tells us uh, what we just read was Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. He goes, in between verses 10 and 11 of Revelation 20, an event occurs. It is the second resurrection. He goes, all the mortal believers who died during the millennium uh, will be raised, as will all unbelievers from all time. You see, it is not only Christians who will face resurrection. It is everyone. He goes, when the Jews were challenging Jesus in John chapter 4, he let them know that he had been given authority to judge. They shouldn't be shocked, he said, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and to those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Uh, this is verses 28 and 29. 
And so a body of flesh is mortal and could not stand the fires of hell. The resurrection body that is destined for condemnation is designed to suffer the everlasting consequences of sin. So those who experience the second resurrection will line up before the judgment throne of Christ. One by one, they will come before him. If they gave their lives to Jesus during the thousand years, of the Lord's rule, they will be ushered into their eternal reward. However, Ever, if their name is not found written in the book of life that records all those who belong to the family of God through repentance and forgiveness, uh, then the verse, then the verdict will be guilty. The person will be cast into the lake of fire where they will spend eternity. This is a difficult for me to write. He says, being a Jew living in Israel, he says, I have so many family and friends who are either secular in their thinking or are committed to an old covenant doctrine of works. If they stand before that throne and plead uh, a commitment to the law as their defense, their case will not stand. He says, the reality of hell stays with me wherever I go. It is at the gatherings I join, he says, at the school events I attend. Uh, along the streets as he walks he says yes there will come a day when all israel will be saved but two-thirds of those whom i see every day will not make it that far he says he goes my friend hell is real the good news is that the only way you will end up there is if you choose to go he says don't fall victim um to the second death he says the first death separates you from your physical life the second will remove you from the source of life for eternity he goes decide today that you will receive the grace and forgiveness that god is offering you for those of you who have non-believing family and friends um, let this motivate you he says the only eventuality worse than them having to endure the tribulation is knowing that they have judgment in the lake of fire waiting for them when it is over he says, don't let fear or apathy or past failures hold you back. This is too important. This isn't just life and death. It is eternity. And I completely, I completely agree. And so, um, you know, if they're going to make fun of you, if they're going to get mad at you, they're going to, hey, you little Bible thumper, you know, shut up. Um, I don't want to hear this anymore, whatever. At least you gave them an opportunity, right? At least you tried to tell them. Um you know, uh, days are short. You look around the world today and we see all the events lining up to the tribulation. And so this whole study, um, we'll conc I'll conclude it probably tomorrow um, when I do the last one on um, uh, chapter 21 and 22. I'm going to combine those. Um, but the whole reason for this is to let the world know, hey, tribulation is coming the bible said it was going to happen this is what's going to happen during the tribulation this is what you as a non-believer if you haven't stepped across as your savior have to look forward to and it doesn't look good and uh, if you haven't accepted Christ as your savior say you died today say you know the lord you know decided to call you to call your your numbers up right and say you're not a christian and uh you took your last breath where will you spend eternity have you thought about that have you thought about that you know this world uh is not about the biggest house the best car you can drive the best job you can get the best clubs you can go to the nicest clothes you can wear it's not what this world is about the nicest jet you can buy the million dollar homes you can live and to live your best life now or whatever all that garbage that's not what this is about this life is not about that this life is about 
spreading the gospel, giving the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Because in the light of eternity, in the light of everything that happens, what is more important than that? There's nothing more important than that. Nothing else matters. This life is a vapor, the Bible says. We are here and then gone, right? Just as the grass is uh, in the field and is beautiful and is burned up and thrown into the oven, right? So is your life. Your life is a vapor, literally a vapor. What you do here for the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that will stand. And don't forget, we get rewards. We're going to get crowns. We're going to get, you know, Jesus is handing out the ultimate, you know, trophies right when we get to heaven. People are like, we're well, not supposed to do it for a trophy. Well, no, we're doing it for because we love the Lord Jesus. And don't you, you remember when you were a kid? Remember when you were little and you always wanted to make your parents proud? Remember you want to bring home that trophy? Like, look, mom, you remember? Shouldn't we not want to make our Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father proud, just like we wanted to make our earthly parents proud when we were kids? Um, shouldn't we want those rewards that Jesus Christ is handing out? I know I do, because if the Lord wants to hand out rewards, wow, I want to I want to do whatever He wants me to do so that I could receive that. And of course, then we get to take those crowns and then lay them at His feet again. You know, how wonderful is that? How wonderful. So, Oh, if you haven't made your decision for Jesus Christ today, what are you waiting for? This life has nothing for you. This life has what? This look at look at this world. It is demonically influenced, satanically controlled. Look at it. This look at the United States. You don't have to look any further um, than than Hollywood. To the I haven't watched the movies, and I don't even know when. But there's some, if you guys um, haven't checked out John Haller, I guess Fellowship Bible Chapel, um, check out his up his uh, Sunday uh, Bible prophecy update. And he has a midweek update too. I just watched it today. He's on YouTube. And so much in the world is going on that is leading us right straight to the tribulation. Gave me some things to think about too. The Psalm 83 war may actually come before the Ezekiel 38 and 39. I mean, Ezekiel 38 and 39 may actually happen at Armageddon. I mean, there's so many other ways to look at this. It's always a, always learning, you know, you always um, read and listen to other people. And like the book of Daniel says, you know, um, the end times, like look to the wise people, you know, God will give them wisdom and discernment. And then, of course, you know, God always told, um, they also told, the angel told Daniel to seal that book up until the end of time. It's not for you to know, Daniel. It's for those living in the end days to know. So really be paying attention, guys. Things are happening so fast. And uh, anyway, I thank you guys so much for listening. And um, my prayer, as always, um is that if you haven't accepted Christ, please call out to the to the Lord Jesus today. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve, the wages of sin is death, and we all deserve that. But the good news is Christ Jesus took our place on the cross. He took the punishment that we deserved on the cross from God, and that God raised him three days later. He ascended to heaven. He said it was finished. He sits on the right-hand throne of God. And in John 14, he says, um, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, ye may be also. 
Um, so I take comfort in those words. And I hope you do too. And the Bible says all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. And he will. So with that, I am going to get off of here. And, uh, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he protect you and guide you and give you discernment. And I ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you guys for listening. May God bless each and every one of you. And as always, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha.